I'm Pete Goffwood. Welcome to A Pinch of Salt. This week we're talking about food and wine pairing. There's a lot of wine snobbery and nonsense spoken about food and wine pairing. Ultimately, you should be free to eat and drink as you please. There are no rules and there are no wrong choices. However, there are some things to consider if you want to make the whole experience more pleasurable and to get more out of both the food and the wine. Getting that pairing combination at its optimum is a case of where one and one equals three. Where the saying that the whole is greater than the sum of the parts is definitely true. In a good combination, you find that food and wine bring out something in each other. They bring out something in each other that wasn't present before. Now, here are some guidelines, not rules, just some guidelines to help you if food and wine pairing is something that you, you like to dabble in. First of all, it's, let's talk about texture or weight and matching like for like. And this by, we do by pairing delicate with delicate and bold with bold. I mean, I'll, I'll give you an example of what I mean by weight or texture. An example is a Pinot Noir. Now, Pinot Noir is quite light in texture. It's not a, what you would call a weighty wine. It's quite a, a, an elegant style of wine. And it would completely disappear if served with something bold and heavy, like a slow-braised lamb shoulder. Here, we're looking for a wine that carries a similar weight or texture to the dish. Something bolder, like a Cabernet Sauvignon or a hearty red blend would work. Uh, likewise, on, um, on the other end of the scale... You know, something delicate like uh, scallops calls for something, a wine with equal delicacy, like a, a fresh, dry Riesling, perhaps. The next thing we need to look at is, is uh, the difference between complement and contrast. Are you trying to complement the dish or are you looking for contrasting flavors? So uh, I, I'll give you a brilliant example that we can use both, on, works with both elements. Think of an old school dish um, like uh, a crayfish thermidor. I mean, that beautiful, rich chunks of, uh, of crayfish in that lovely, creamy sauce that's been folded with hollandaise, sprinkle of cheese, and it's gratinated under the grill. Lovely, big, rich dish. Now here, a big, opulent Chardonnay would be the ideal partner. Both dish, both, both the dish would be rich, buttery, and creamy. Now this would be a, an element, a case of where we're complementing the wine in the dish. So, but... On the other hand, a delicious glass of ice-cold bubbly, sharp, acidic, would be a complete contrast in terms of flavors, but would make a equally gratifying and pleasant option. So both work here. Here we're complementing with the Chardonnay or we're contrasting with the, with the bubbles. In, the both, in both instances, we're getting a great pairing combination. Another thing to consider is choosing fruitier wines with fruity dishes. Now, um, by fruity dishes, I don't, miss, I don't mean fruit salad or desserts. I mean dishes that have a fruit element to them. Things that come to mind, like a roast pork with sautéed apples, duck with, uh, with cherry, uh, for example, or venison with figs. Um, here, more fruit-driven wines like Gewürztraminer. You know, not necessarily sweet wines, but more fruitier, off-drier wines. Gewürztraminer, um, some of the fruitier Rieslings, Viognier. These are, make ideal partners with that kind of, that kind of food. Next up we have um, is something to, to consider, and that's salt versus acidity. So saltiness in food is a fantastic contrast to acidity in wine. If you think of combinations like a nice, sharp, crisp, acidic Sauvignon Blanc, works beautifully with a rich, salty goat cheese. Now that is a perfect pairing 
where the acid and the salt are balancing each other out. Another classic example of that is is biltong or drivos, you know, cured meat. Perfect combination, something like a young Shiraz or Pinotage. There you have that acid and the salt working in perfect unison. The classic example of all of these is Parmesan and Italian wines. Um, if you think of any of those heartier pa- uh, um, um, pasta dishes or, or, or braises, the Italians, when it's finished off with Parmesan, classic combination with the Chianti, um, which is which is a, a lovely, rich, robust wine, but it's known for its acidity. And the two really, really, really work well together. Next, we have the element of high-fat food with high-powered wines. So here we're looking with food basically with animal fat. We're talking steaks, rich braises, um, roasts or, or dishes, anything on the braai, or, or dishes that have lots of butter and cream with them. So, so these, these are dishes that need equally rich and well-structured wines. You know, a good quality Cabernet or Cabernet Ford blend uh, works really, really well because it stands up to the meat. A nice, a nice Shiraz, a nice old Shiraz. Um, and they stand up to the, to, to the meat, to the richness of the meat. And also at the same time, um, the, the, richness of the, uh, the, uh, the richness and the fat of the dish often helps to soften the wine tannins a little bit, particularly if you've got uh, uh, younger reds. You know, that fattiness in the, in, the, in the dish from the meat helps to soften the, that, those natural uh, tannins that are pronounced when the, when, the, when the red wines are quite young. Another thing to consider is uh, be careful with sweet on sweet. Um, uh, now, if you like drinking dessert wines, which I absolutely love, I think that it's something that South African wine producers do exceptionally well. I think we make some of the best uh, dessert wines in the world. I mean, one only has to think about um, uh, Van de Constance or, or the Niederberg, the, the, you know, the eminence and the beautiful uh, sweet wines that Niederberg have crafted over the years. You know, in, in fact, for me personally, I prefer drinking dessert wines than I, I prefer that to eating actual desserts. But what you have to do here is make sure that you've got a, a wine with good structure and good acidity. Because it, it, effectively what happens when you have a sweet wine with a dessert, particularly an overly sweet dessert, is the sugar cancels each other out. And if you've got a wine that doesn't have any substance or any backbone, the, the wine is going to be completely overpowered by the food. Um, a, a classic example is where you will have something, and uh, Van de Constance is, is a great example of this, because it has a lovely inherent acidity to it. And when that sweetness is removed because of the sweetness of the dish, there all of a sudden is this beautiful, crisp acidity that helps when eating particularly sweet and cloying desserts. So certainly something that, that needs to be remembered when, when, when serving wines at the end of the meal. Another thing, of course, to get into is the whole cheese and wine combination. I mean, that's another minefield of its own that we might, we might tackle at a later date. But, I mean, people always used to have cheese and wine parties in the, in the 70s. Cheese and wine is always a, a great combination. But which cheese with which wine? You know, there is no singular cheese that goes with all wine and, 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 and likewise no wine that goes with all cheese. I mean, if you think of classic combinations like uh, you know, Stilton and Port, you know, or rich blue cheeses and Port. Um, uh, we've mentioned before goat's cheese and Sauvignon Blanc, things like rosé and, and, and Gouda, something like a full-bodied cab and, and, and an, a mature cheddar. So, you know, the, 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 just there alone, the, the possibilities are limitless. And the more experimentation you do, the more fun it actually is. 
The next thing to remember is is is, is also quite important, and, and because sometimes people do these generic pairings, they say, "Well, if you're having lamb, you must have cabernet sauvignon, or if you're having fish, you must have chardonnay." And those those things are, are nonsensical, really, because often the central protein of a dish may not necessarily be the most dominant flavour. I'll give you a classic example. Take, for example, um, a venison loin, a, a grilled uh, springbok loin, for want of a better choice. Now, that served with a saute of wild mushrooms needs a different wine than the same venison loin does if you've got a dish that has a sauce with maybe some dried apricots or prunes in it. You know, there the dominant flavor is either going to be the wild mushrooms or the dried fruit. Both require different different wines or a different approach to wine. And I think that's that's the thing that you have to think of. Well, the next, of course, is, is obviously spicy foods, my favorite. Now here, you're looking at wines, wines that work well with, with, with spice, with heat, with chilies. Um, either are sweeter wines. So if you're looking, um, uh, when I say sweeter, obviously sweeter Gewürztraminer and, 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 and sweeter Rieslings work, but also fruitier wines. The Viognas and particularly things like uh, big woody fatty Shenins are a great, a great pairing company, a, a great pairing wine for, for, for spicier foods. But then also so too are the more robust and bolder red wines, things like um, Pinotage. Pinotage is a, is a great example. Shiraz. As, again, great, rich, complex wines that of themselves have a little spice in their character, and they too pair really, really nicely with, with spicier foods. I mean, there are general things. Again, these are suggestions, not, not, not hard and fast rules. Generally, um, for example, red wines don't like fresh tomato. And the reason there is just that the, the, the acid in fresh tomato, or, or salads in particular, for example, that have fresh tomato, is the, the acid of the tomato has a tendency to bring out the tannins and, and make the red wine seem almost shrill and a little bit more bitter than it actually is. So, so it, here is a classic case of it's not wrong to drink red wine with a, with a fresh tomato dish. It's just you'll get more out of the wine and the dish itself if you choose a different wine. Not necessarily a better wine, but a different wine. I mean, let's remember, of course, always that food and wine go hand in hand. I mean, the, the two are made for each other. I mean, it, it's in, in, in fact, particularly so in, in Europe, and in fact that whenever you're served wine anywhere, there's always some kind of food that accompaniments. Very, very seldom are you served in, uh, drinks without some kind of sustenance to go with it. So, so that, whatever they put on the table, always goes to what it is that you're drinking. There's always some thought to whether or not it's a bowl of nuts or it's a plate of charcuterie or it's a little bit of hummus and some dips. The thinking behind those combinations is what is the wine that we're drinking? First of all, we need some sustenance to go with that wine so that we can drink for longer. It's healthier and it's the right way to do things. And also you're thinking about what it is that brings out the flavor of those ingredients and those wines. You know, um, and if you think of tapas and, and the various Mediterranean tables, all about serving food and wine together. In fact, we should probably, we could probably learn a little of the drinking habits from the Northern Hemisphere with our own drinking habits because we seem to eat and drink in isolation. And, and the one is we kind of, let's have food quickly so we can get back to the drinking rather than, than, than the two be bedfellows, if you will. I mean, if you, think of, if you think of a lot of those Greek and Italian weddings that seem to go on for days and, and whether they start at 11 in the, in the morning and finish at 11 in the evening, 
While there's always alcohol on the table, there's always food on the table. And I think that is the lesson to learn. And I think also, again, these are suggestions, guidelines. These are not carved in stone and are there to be toyed with. I, one of the great experiences that I had was doing a food and wine pairing uh, exercise for somebody. And, and one of the, the combinations that someone said, try this. And we were tasting sushi. And of course, what is the first thing you think of sushi? You think of fish. So you think of Sauvignon Blanc. You think of Riesling. Again, what is the most prominent flavor on sushi? It's the soy and it's the wasabi. What is a fantastic combination with soy and wasabi? Pinotage. Do yourself a favor. Next time you have sushi, see if they've got some pinotage by the glass. Try a glass of pinotage with your sushi. You will be amazed at how well it works. So... These are just guidelines, and like all wine drinking and food preparing, the more you experiment, the better you get at it, and the better your food and wine experience will be. So until next week, may the sauce be with you. And that was Peter Goffwood with a pinch of salt. And he'll be back again next Friday at quarter past 10 with some great advice, culinary advice and experiences that he will share with us. I think I'm going to try that sushi with pinotage. Pinotage sounds like a great idea for the weekend.